Hi, everyone. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm a divorce lawyer in South Florida area. And today I have the pleasure of being on with Cheryl Buss. Cheryl is a licensed clinical social worker and she's based in the Sarasota area, but she's licensed in Florida and sees clients statewide, which is uh, how I came to know her. She works uh, or has worked with a few of the clients that um, we've uh, represented in some really just high conflict relationships, usually those that involve divorce from a narcissistic uh, type uh, individual, usually with kids involved. And um, I'm just really thrilled that she's taking the time out of her day to come here and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that um, all parents um, and spouses um, or anybody really should know when leaving a relationship with somebody who has um, these narcissistic uh, character traits, especially when there's kids involved. So we've got some really cool stuff to talk about. We spent some time before this uh, going over the the subject matter. I think it's going to be really helpful. And I think it's the point in time where I should stop talking. And Cheryl, if you don't mind, maybe just uh, introduce yourself and, and just uh, help people understand um, you know, how you came into doing what you do in your practice. Sure. Thank you for having me, Chris. Um, I, I'm Hello to everybody. I'm Cheryl. I specialize in treating survivors of narcissistic abuse. Um, the reason that I chose this specialization is because when I finally recognized that I had endured several narcissists during my lifetime, such as family members, ex-husband, boyfriends, co-workers, I started doing some research, reading books, watching YouTube videos, all different kinds of things. And I fell into this horrible funk, depressed, anxiety, despair, um, and realized that I needed to find a therapist to help me sort out all the tangled thoughts in my head and my emotional turmoil. What I found was that it is extremely difficult to find a therapist that truly understands what this type of psychological abuse looks like, the damage it does, and how to help someone heal from it. Um, if you have never experienced this kind of abuse, it's very difficult to explain to other people because they don't believe it's true or it sounds crazy. So because of my life experiences, I have an intimate understanding of experiencing narcissistic abuse and the process of healing from it. That's why I do what I do. Well, and it, it's, to me, you you have what um, I'd love to say I have, um, but I, but I don't. Is and that's the the experience of you know going through these relationships that you help um, people um, you know successfully process and sometimes move on from. And I have to think that really helps a lot with uh, what you do in your practice for your clients. Um, but yes, absolutely. As it relates to, you know, the, the, the client work that you do do with people in these difficult relationships, I mean, what are, what are some of the, you know, the primary issues you see with people who were going through the divorce, a divorce or a breakup of a relationship and uh, the other person, um, parent is a, is a narcissist. How, how does, how does that complicate things? Maybe people hearing about that, they might be able to resonate, um, you know, with, with their own life for some people they're trying to help. Okay. Yes. Basically the narcissist is going to do everything they can. They're going to go after everything, whatever is most important to the other party or, and, or what they're really good at. And if there's children involved, it's usually the healthy parent 
that is a great parent, um, they will go after the mom or the dad, whichever is the healthy parent, and try to keep the children from them. They will lie about everything. They're very masterful and convincing liars. They will create the narrative that the healthy parent is unfit in any of numerous ways. Um, they'll frequently use the children to spy on the other parent or tell them lies about the other parent in an attempt to alienate them from their healthy parent. And basically their only goal is to win and have ultimate control. Uh, Cheryl, we were talking a little bit before uh, we started the recording that um, just the situation people go through when they're ending a relationship with somebody who's a narcissist or similar type personality, some of the stuff that happens, uh, most people just wouldn't even believe it actually happens in this day and age and in the Me Too era. Um, and maybe for those people or, or for the people that might be going through this and just think there's something wrong with, with them, um, and, you know, help us understand, you know, how, how does going through one of these relationship breakups with children and a narcissist uh, affect the, the healthy person, the healthy parent? Sure. Um, my clients have already suffered considerable abuse living with a narcissist which means they are often very confused about their own reality. They wonder if they're crazy. They complain of memory problems. They're, they're hypervigilant, resulting in severe anxiety. And they're often terrified at what the narcissist will do next. So they feel like they're always walking on eggshells. Um, so for the people that are experiencing that type of situation, um, well, what's What's the, the best advice to those people at how to minimize uh, the way they're feeling and, and, and how it affects them? Yes, I work with my clients to understand the tactics that narcissists use to inflict the fear and confusion that has made them question everything they think, do, and say, basically leaving them in utter despair. I help them understand that everything they are being accused of is really what the narcissist is doing. This is called projection. The narcissist projects their actions and behaviors onto them and then blames them for their horrible behavior. I also help them understand the techniques narcissists use, such as gaslighting, love bombing, using flying monkeys, attacking their character, their looks, their intelligence, their parenting skills, and the list goes on. Um, I also help them understand how the narcissist communicates through text and emails and teach them how to basically decode uh, what they are really saying, essentially how to minimize engagement by keeping communication limited, free of emotion, and just using the facts, um, using techniques um, such as gray rock, canned responses, are always with a courteous or business-like email or text. I also encourage them to use a separate email address or a court-approved app to communicate, such as our family wizard, the reason for that is that you need to document everything that is going on. And if you have a separate email, it's easier for you to print out that information. The court approved app is something that the courts can see. So it makes it good for, it's good documentation for court. I also encourage them not to agree to any FaceTime or videos because these avenues of communication leave them open to further abuse. That's interesting stuff. And maybe we'll have a bonus round at the end. I, I know what some of these terms mean, but it kind of 
interesting when you hear them gaslighting, love bombing, flying monkeys. I remember the first time I heard that, I had to play along and then look it up. But um, <laughs> maybe we'll have a bonus round at the end. But um, and speaking of the end, I mean, just to give um, you know the people out there, you know, some hope with this stuff because you and I both have seen the transformation in people. Um, how does some of the work that you do and some of the methods that, um, you know, anybody listening to this can, can implement with their communication, um, how, how does, like, how does that help them? How does it change their life and, and, and how they feel and impact their healing? Basically, it really helps initially to decrease their anxiety. Uh, they begin the deprogram deprogramming phase, so to speak, that after that happens, their confidence slowly builds back up. And that's really when the healing process begins. So I, I guess one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, narc speak. And um, for some people who are hearing this for the first time, they're probably saying, what the heck is that? Um, and what's going on here? But it's it's interesting the the the, the patterns with with how narcissists and, and similar types you know communicate and do similar things and and it's it's confusing. I, I think we were saying before it's like a bunch of gibberish sometimes or garbage. Yeah, but uh, we'll get into that a little more maybe. Uh, so 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 what is narc speak? Basically, narc speak is this convoluted way that narcissists communicate, and it seems to be common to all of them. Um, they tend to use long, rambling sentences, and I mean really long, um, big words that aren't meaning that are meaningless in the context of their message. Uh, the message contains projections, threats, false accusations, anything that will cause you pain, fear, anxiety, or despair. And if you respond to those, they will send another similar message, but it will be more raging and ranting. In other words, longer, but simply using the same words over and over again, resembling word salad. Um, and, and I think um, uh, from what I understand, your, your suggestion a lot of times is to you know, respond in a very business-like manner and, and to keep it short and to keep from just in, engaging with them in, in the same way to hopefully minimize the effect that the, this word salad uh, gibberish, as I call it, I guess, uh, yes. affects, affects uh, the person. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they, there's a great book um, by Tina Swithin called The Narc Decoder, Understanding the Language of the Narcissist. And in it, she suggests that this imaginary narc decoder will successfully scrub down the projection, lies, attacks, and ulterior motives that are typically found in a narcissist email or text. And she also recommends that in the beginning stages of the decoding and learning how to do it, if it's too difficult to do, due to post-traumatic stress or triggers you in some way, that you shared your message with a trusted friend and let them decode the message for you. And I thought that was such a great idea that it became one of my free services to my clients. So I tell them that they can send me their texts or emails from their narcissist and I will decode it for them. And what this does is it speeds up the learning curve for my clients learning how to do this on their own, which lowers their anxiety about how to respond or not respond. 
and therefore speeds up the process of healing. So once they figure out how to code narc speak, it becomes rather entertaining, which actually makes it fun for me to help them learn this skill. And all of my clients who have taken me up on this have later told me that it was the best thing I ever could have done for them to start the process. That's um, when you when we were talking about that. I mean, it just seemed to be so helpful, and for the people that are going to be um, going through having to go through the legal process if they're getting you know, divorced yes. um, through this. I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, being able to work with um, a really good therapist or coach um, like what you do on this as compared to, you know, calling a lawyer each time um, is, I think it's a, not only probably a, a better way to learn the skill of, of how to respond, but also probably a, a pretty economical way to, to, to do it too. And a lot quicker. I mean, most of the lawyers, it's hard to get them, get them to pay attention for a couple of days and you can get this type of help through you pretty quickly. And I think that's an amazing, amazing service that you offer to your clients. Um, you know, so that's, it's pretty neat. And I guess this wasn't in the script, but can you tell me what a flying monkey is and how somebody <laughs> gaslights just for the heck of it? Sure. So gaslighting is when um, they will move something and you can't find it and you know, you left it in a certain place and then you find it someplace else and they're going there like, well, you didn't put it there. Or they'll tell you something and a, a day or two later, you say, well, you said to do this. And they'll say, I never said that. Or they'll do something to you, maybe something negative. And you'll say, well, we got in that fight the other day and you slapped me up the side of the head. And they'll say, I never did that. And so they hear that so much that they get to the point where they don't, they start questioning their own memory and they start questioning, did that really happen? Is that what he said? They're very subtle in how they do this. It starts a little bit at a time, and then it gets more and more to the point where you just don't even know what your own reality is. Um, oh, flying monkeys. Oh, yeah. We can't miss that. We can't miss that. Okay. So flying monkeys, if a narcissist is losing control of you, they will start using other people as they're flying monkeys. And what they do is they will go to, it might be your friends um, that you used to hang out with as together as a couple. And they will be telling your friends just how horrible you are, how crazy you are, all these crazy things that you're doing, all the things that they're basically gaslighting you on. They will tell the friends who often believe it because the narcissist, you know, sometimes looks like they're this really, really great person, but you don't know what they're like behind closed doors. So then those flying monkeys are out spreading that you're crazy all around. That's flying monkeys. They will use them against you. And it's, um, I guess, another reason to uh, gray rock the person and keep gray rocking, which I guess I understand is to try to not in engage in those interactions. And, exactly. Um, eventually, um, for a lot of our clients, they eventually will minimize um, and hopefully stop to some degree. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, one thing I, I just, it's, it's fascinating to, to think about for me and a lot of our clients want to know, uh, when, you know, they're in a framework of they're unhappy, but they're so predisposed to trying to, to help other people. They have their beautiful children in front of them. Um, and they're just, you know, givers, um, in, in life, they want to fix the situation and they have a lot of high hopes for, 
you know, maybe taking, you know, what's had glimmers of being a relationship they want to stay in at times and, and making it a better one. And, um, you know, what's, what's your thoughts and, and opinion on, I mean, can uh, somebody with uh, narcissistic type traits change? Is it, is it possible? I, what, what do you think? There's some interesting opinions out there on that. Yes, there are lots of interesting opinions on that. I, in, in my opinion, I believe that most people have some narcissistic traits mm-hmm. because there, there are some things that are healthy to a certain degree. Um, so those traits lie on a continuum. Like, for example, if you grew up with a narcissistic parent, you may have some narcissistic traits because you were molded that way and that was your normal, you know, basically. But you may also be empathetic. And in my opinion, if you have empathy, then you are capable of recognizing your narcissistic traits and can work on minimizing or eliminating them and have a happy relationship. However, for a full-blown narcissist that has no empathy, they are incapable of caring for anyone but themselves, and they do not believe there is anything wrong with them. So why would they change anything? Um, That's basically my feeling on that. That's, I'd probably pretty much agree with you on that. It's, um, you know, when they are truly on the, the far end of, I guess you might call it the spectrum or continuum, as, as you say, it's usually pretty hard to get the, the person to change. And I mean, we, we discuss with our clients, you know, you just have to make a decision. I mean, are you going to find a way to deal with that relationship and see it for what it is and not be upset by certain things? Um, or are you going to make the decision to move on from it? And, you know, we, we tell people, look, I mean, there's you no, know, we may have our individual thoughts, but, you know, it's not necessarily a, a wrong choice. You just have to understand that the situation with some of these more, you know, um, far on the continuum people, it's not going to change. Um, so um, you right. either deal with it or move on from it. Um, sadly, you're not going to fix it most of the time. Um, but Most of the time. Chris, can I interject something else? Sure. Yes, definitely. Okay. The other thing that I'm starting to find, because the narcissist use projection, all right? So they are projecting what they're doing and saying that you're doing that and that that's wrong and you're horrible for it. What I'm starting to hear is that the narcissist is accusing the other person now of being a narcissist because the term narcissistic narcissist and narcissistic abuse has gotten out there and mm-hmm. is there's much more information. So it's like if I work with a couple now and they're both claiming the other one is a narcissist, I, I'm like, I, I see you both separately before I see you together to figure out what's really up here. So I find that interesting. That is interesting. And um, at times I've wondered if um, uh, the same species has married each other, but I guess I should probably uh, stop on that one before I go any further. So um, I was saying at the beginning, we, um, my, my firm, my wife and I especially came to know you through um, just some of the, the clients that uh, you'd been working with that uh, we, we also began to work with as well. Um, no, so we know what you do, but maybe just help anybody, everybody who's listening to this, um, understand, um, you know, what you actually do professionally in, in your practice and 
where you are, who you help, how you can see people so that if it, you know, sounds like it might be helpful, um, you know, match that they know what you do. Sure. Um, as Chris said earlier, I'm a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Florida. Um, I work with Tampa Bay Psychiatric Services, and we have offices in Sarasota and Wesley Chapel, and we also provide telehealth. Um, psychiatric services are provided by Dr. Gluzak, who's a board-certified psychiatrist for children, adolescents, and adults. And I provide mental health therapy services um, exclusively via telehealth. So I can see anyone in the state of Florida. I see adults only and offer individual couples and family therapy. I specialize in narcissistic abuse recovery, which often results in a diagnosis of complex post-traumatic stress disorder and working with professionals suffering from anxiety, burnout, depression, and stress. And it's important to remember that toxic people are everywhere. They are often very charismatic and successful in the workplace, churches, schools. So a lot of times people in those kind of situations, those professionals working with another professional that is narcissistic, I can help them with some of those same symptoms of anxiety and depression and stress. That's, that's I think, a th thing a lot of people, um, you know, miss out on getting help for. They don't, they just don't understand that when they're in a professional situation or, you know, a, a social situation it doesn't have to be a relationship, a lot of the same, you know, dynamics that, that come mm -hmm. from these abusive relationships um, are at play because they're, they're in a relationship with their boss, with a coworker, with somebody in their congregation uh, too. It's, it's all relationships in this stuff that you're talking about, um, you know, applies all around. And I mean, for me, it's, right. You know, knowing what I know now, um, you know, I, I think people really need to take advantage of the, the types of things that, you know, you and some of your colleagues in your field can offer. I, looking back, I, I probably should have done it a couple of times. I think it would have dramatically improved, you know, my work performance as just a professional. And um, I, you know, I think that's sometimes an area that people don't think to really seek out help on. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It's, it's just really improving performance. Um, so that's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I guess in terms of tracking you down, we'll have, um, you know, your, your website posted here as, as we're talking and, and linked to the places this will appear, but maybe help people understand the best way to get in touch and how does the, you know, kind of the onboarding um, process work with you or the first step people should take. And that way uh, we can leave people with a you know way to get in touch and know what they need to do. Sure. Um, my website is www.cherylbusslcsw.com. Um, you can learn more about me there and my contact information is there as well. My um, email address and my phone number. I also offer a free 15 minute phone consult that can be booked from the, my website. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for taking the time to go through this today. Um, just as a reminder, um, we're, we've been here with Cheryl Buss. She's a uh, therapist in the Sarasota area. She practices statewide um, in Florida, and her specialty is narcissistic abuse and uh, the recovery from it. My name is Christopher Bruce, and I can certainly vouch for Cheryl and the way that uh, she helps her clients. I encourage you to reach out to her if any of this is resonating with you. Cheryl, thank you again for being part of all this. Thank you so much for having me, Chris.